Welcome to the Girl on Top Shallon XO podcast. I'm your host, Shallon Lester, and you might know me from my YouTube channel, where I analyze celeb relationships and scandals for the lessons we can take into our own lives. But here on the podcast, I answer the best questions you submitted over the past week. Today, we're going to be talking about anxiety and intuition, the cool girl syndrome, trust fund trouble, and fights with friends. And a reminder, if you want to chat privately with me, find me on the Instant Go app, username ShallonXO, and click chat to get connected. And yes, it's now available on the Android platform as well as iOS. Also, be sure to rate and review this podcast if you like it, and find me on YouTube for new videos every other day. Welcome back, Shalloners. All right. Today, we're going to talk about friendship, at least to start off with, because I've gotten a lot of questions from you guys lately about friendship and namely like this same dynamic that keeps coming up from a young lady named Chloe. She's like, okay, Shallon, my best friend and I, we've been like inseparable basically for all four years of high school. If one of us got invited, the other one would go. We were so tight-knit, and everyone basically thought of us as sisters. Well, now we've left high school, and I want to move overseas to study and be with my family in Ireland. And ever since I told her I was moving, like, we've been hanging out as usual, but she's been very passive-aggressive and very bitchy, saying things like, I didn't know you could afford that. I can't believe they invited you to that. And she's also been talking shit about me behind my back and even saying things about my ex-boyfriend who was completely abusive, like... I can't imagine being that way. And, you know, I think he's a good person. So finally, I was like, I can't talk to you anymore. This is terrible. And I really want to make up with her before we go. And I texted her that and she just said, what's the point? You're leaving. And that was that. I haven't posted pictures or deleted any pictures of her. And I'm moving in three weeks and I have no idea how to deal with this because I feel like I've gotten dumped, but like dumped harder than any guy has ever dumped me in my entire life. Please help me. So what's going on here is very, very textbook behavior of I'm going to minimize a relationship to minimize the loss, you know? And psychologically, I've talked about this in previous videos, this is what psychologists recommend to do in terms of getting over a breakup. Like there's, you know, we all have our own methods, but they say the healthiest and the most effective thing to do is if you get dumped by a guy, tell yourself like, I didn't really love him that much anyway. He really wasn't that cool. And you know what, girls? He probably wasn't, right? He probably wasn't. Because if he was that cool, you would still be together. He would still know your value and he would be obsessed with you, but he's not because he's a douche. But anyway, psychologists say that this truly is the way to get over something. And this is a method we employ in a lot of other things. You know, if we see a dress we can't afford, it's like, uh, you know, it probably wouldn't have fit me anyway. And it's like, I didn't even have any place to wear it. And like, that style is going to be so out two months from now. You know, we minimize something that we can't have to minimize not being able to have it. And this happens a lot in friendships and especially at this time in your life. You know, when high school is over, you're heading off to college, maybe someone's heading abroad like Chloe is, a lot of different things are happening. So what she's doing is basically trying to pick a fight so that she's not so upset. Because it's a lot easier to say goodbye to someone you're fighting with Because now you've turned them from a good friend and a positive thing into a negative thing, into a source of stress. And like, hey, I can rid my life of this source of stress. Get on a plane. Go to Dublin. Bye, bitch. And you and you alone are the only one who's kind of turned it around that corner. And it's not a healthy corner, you know? 
So what she has basically done is create this cognitive dissonance. And cognitive dissonance basically means what is happening is not what I want to happen. You know, I have to have sex with a gross, ugly person. I have to go work at a job where I'm killing sea otters and they're my favorite animal in the world. I have to hang out with my best friend and I love her, but I also have to watch her leave. So she is going to, since she can't change the circumstance and she can't keep you here, she is going to change her feeling about the circumstance, you know? And so again, minimize the relationship to minimize the loss. So the way to combat this is to simply call it out. I would send her a long email because, you know, she doesn't sound like she's amenable to meeting. And I think it was really significant that when you suggested to make up, she's like, what's the point you're leaving? Like that right there says it all. Like that's the crucial thing. But send her an email and first and foremost, acknowledge her feelings. The crucial step to diffusing a fight is to make the other person feel heard. You know, like if we call like customer service and whatever and... It's like you're just repeating your problem. It's so helpful if they just say, I understand why you're mad. God, that make me mad too. And you're like, thank you. Thank you. But they never do that, do they? No, they don't. You just keep screaming representative into the phone, even though you're already talking to a representative. Anyway, so call out her feelings and be like, hey, I know this is hard for you. You're staying behind in our hometown. It seems like I'm going off and living this like cosmopolitan international life. And you assume that I'm just going to completely forget all about you. And then you dispel those things one by one. Be like, look, I'm going to be living in a small town. I'm going to be working at McDonald's. I'm going to be studying morning, noon and night. And like, even if that's not true, even if you really are leaving for like a dope new opportunity, like just just don't play that. Don't bring that up now. Bring it up later. Let it live on Instagram. And assuage her fears that you're going to forget about her by setting intentionality. You know, set specific dates. Be like, how about every Tuesday night we FaceTime and we have dinner together? Or like we talk every, you know, morning, we text each other when we wake up, blah, blah, blah. We text during our lunch breaks. Set it so that it's purposeful and intentional and that she knows she has a priority, not only in your heart and your mind, but in your schedule, you know? There's something else though. This is a very interesting side to see of someone, and it's a data point that we can't necessarily ignore. You know what I mean? Like, life is really long, and life is not always going to be you two joined at the hip. It's not always going to be like your little clique from high school or college or this office or whatever. Friendships only survive if there's elasticity, you know? And that takes bravery, and it mostly takes maturity. So if she... If you send her this letter and she doesn't react positively to it, girl, you got to just wash your hands because all you can do is all you can do. You know what I mean? And like I said, life is long. If she can't handle you going off to school, which in 2019, there's a billion ways to stay in touch, like millions. It's almost hard not to, right? Like you see someone come up on your feed, you comment. It's like, really? You can't? Okay. But what's going to happen if you had a full-time job that has to be a priority? or a husband, or a child. Like, life really has a lot of wrenches thrown at you, and it can't just always be you two, you know, like the two amigos joined at the hip like a three-legged race all the goddamn time. And I think part of what she's feeling is anger at herself because she brought herself to this place of complete dependence on your friendship. Like, like you said, 
one of you goes one place, the other one automatically goes. She never cultivated an independence. There's a crutch aspect of this whole dynamic. And she's probably like, oh dear, what am I going to do now? Now I have to grow my own personality. Now I have to grow my own boundaries. Now I have to grow my own people skills and maturity. And like, I have to have a personality outside of what Chloe sees because I got to go make new friends. And she might not want to do that. I mean, who does? You know, it's a lot of people, they just want to stay in their little cocoon. And people like that, they want you to stay in there too. You know, they're in their little, their little hutch, their little person hutch, and they want everything to just come to them and not have to stretch and grow. And if that's the way it is, then, you know, this friendship does need to change and downgrade into maybe an acquaintance thing. Because obviously if some one person is willing to go abroad and really grow and do some cool new adventures and the other person is cocooning in their hometown for the rest of their life, that those two paths are indeed diverging. So call out the feelings, recognize what she's doing, and then wash your hands of it. It's up to her whether or not she's going to use this opportunity to grow and be mature and basically just cowboy up and do the right proper thing she needs to in order to not only maintain this friendship, but to build the foundation that she can have friendships going forward with other people. This next question comes from a young lady named Joanna, and she has a problem that might not seem too familiar to us at first, but when we get into it, we'll realize, oh yeah, we actually all deal with this a lot. So she says, hi, Shallon. Okay, this is going to sound weird, I know, and kind of like something that shouldn't be a problem, but it is. I'm basically dating a really rich guy. We're both 24 and we both live in New York City, and essentially he's living off his family's trust fund. Sounds great, right? Uh, not really. I mean, yes, it's great that we like are able to go to nice dinners and, you know, he's always kind of available when I want to have lunch with him or do something. You know, he's never tied up with work, but he's never tied up with work. He's never tied up with anything. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't have a passion. He's not working towards anything. He graduated from college, but since then he's just sort of been spinning his wheels. And I didn't realize how annoying this would be to me, but it's like we're getting further and further apart because I'm working all day and I'm trying to make gains in my career and I just feel like he doesn't understand it or he has just kind of a weird outlook about the world. Like the other day he told me like, well, just quit your job if you don't like it. Um, hello, I have rent, bills. I don't live like you do. And it just feels like I can't relate to him anymore. And I just kind of, I kind of can't help but wonder where a relationship is going to go if he doesn't have any goals and dreams and I have a ton. Ooh, this is so good. I mean, it's not good. It's annoying and it's sucky. But I like this question because like there's nothing hotter than a guy who is chasing a goal. Like I love, part of the reason I love my boyfriend, I mean, he's hot, but like he's really super ambitious. Like he loves setting goals and going after them. He loves business. He loves getting promotions. He's just jazzed about it. And I've dated people in the past who were like making a lot of money, but they were just so complacent. And I'm like, don't you want to like look for a new job and challenge yourself? And they're like, no. I remember there was a song like in like the early 2000s or something. It was some terrible like rap song. But it's a rapper. I think it was like Foxy Brown. She's like, ambition makes me so horny. And I was like, you know what? It does. It really, really does. Ambition is my own personal Viagra. And it is my Viagra and it is Joanna's Viagra because we're both ambitious girls. 
it's like you don't see very many super fit people with fatties. You know, it's like like kind of attracts like. And if you're really passionate about something, it only stands to reason you want someone else to be passionate about it. I don't know a lot of vegans who date like bros, like lumber bros who only eat bacon. You know what I mean? It's it's a part of the foundation of a relationship, which is commonality. And I know what she's saying. It's like, well, he's rich, but like there has to be something beyond that. Like rich is great, obviously, but to me, I like to date rich guys because it means they've achieved something. It means they're passionate about something. It means they've set goals and they've gone towards it. They have not just money, but they have capability that created that money. And that makes me so horny. I love it. It's great. So here's what she can do. Because, you know, I'll say first, I do think that at 24, you are still figuring out what you're doing and who you want to be and where you want to go. Yes. But when you don't have money to fall back on, you figure it out quick. I moved to New York City with $800. I knew one person. And within nine months, I had a book deal. A year after that, I had a TV show. A year after that, I had another book deal. I made it work because there was no other option. I hustled. I didn't burn bridges. Like I did all the thing, all the things you can imagine. I was also doing a lot of Adderall and cocaine, which honestly kind of worked because it gave me so many more hours in the day when you're only sleeping four hours a night. But that's not what we're here to talk about. Don't do that. Don't do that. You're going to end up needing a nose job. You don't need that. I didn't have one, but some people do. We're completely off topic. I am so sorry. I'm saying a lot of things right now. <laughs> And I don't know how to edit these things. So what I say is just, it's just what I say. Okay, where were we? Yeah, okay. So you're still figuring things out for sure, but you have to have kind of an inkling. And like I said, money just enables you to kind of drag your feet. I mean, right? This is sort of the oldest story in the book with rich kids, like the bored rich kids. Like they do nothing. They end up getting in trouble. They get the drug problem. Not me. Okay. I don't do that anymore. I, it's not me. And so they kind of need a push. So what I advise Joe to do is start not from like the career standpoint, because if you're like, you need to go out and get a career, he's going to be like, no, (laughs) I think she should encourage him to do something philanthropic. You know, hey, you got time all day long. Let's go volunteer. Let's pick a project. But more so than that, it's I want them to pick a hobby. And a hobby that is completely new to both of them. Something really interactive, ideally something physical, because physical activity releases endorphins and endorphins promote bonding. We know this. And so I want it to be something like, like sailing, you know, like let's, most rich kids I feel like know how to sail, but let's just pretend he doesn't. Sailing is something you can both learn from the ground up. And hopefully it's something that like he, it should be something he is the most organically interested in, like, cause he needs to be kind of the opinion leader in this. And this is going to give her a lot of data about how he acts when he is interested in something, if at all. He could just be one of those people who like a person I dated, like I was saying, is just kind of complacent. Oh, things are cushy. Things are sort of drifting along. Okay. Okie dokie, no big deal. You know, they don't, it's, they don't need high highs. They don't need low lows. They're just kind of right in the middle because life has always allowed them to be in the middle. Most of us, we don't get that. Like I have really big gains and I have huge losses. And part of that is because I'm out here doing all of this on my own. So I'm making the big swings. I'm taking the big risks and those come with big losses sometimes, you know? So if he's interested in something, 
or if you guys are engaged in this hobby, you'll get a sense of how he is when he's chasing something. And yeah, if it is just kind of low grade interest coming from him in all categories of his life, eh, that might not be so fun. Because like I've said before, marriage is long and there is a lot of downtime. I'm forgetting even a marriage, just a relationship, a winter. You ever been through a winter with someone who bored you? Oh my God. Oh, it made the season so much longer. Like you have to have something to talk about at the end of the day. What did you do today? Uh, nothing. Mm. Uh. That's not good. There's no bonding there. There's no commonality. And she's right. The divide between them is only going to widen. It's only going to get deeper. And you know what fills up a divide like that? Resentment. So you got to get out in front of this right away and talk to someone. Also, in this situation, like, I think therapy is really helpful. If we're kind of, like, in a tailspin, and it doesn't have to be a super negative one, a super destructive one, like, he can obviously spin his wheels for the rest of his life and, like, pretty much be fine, but, like, that's not, that's no way to live. So if we find ourselves just in this sort of stagnancy, like, we're just sort of pacing around our own lives, go to a therapist. They can make connections and clear out obstacles that you might not even realize are there. This kid may have not a fear of failure. He may have a fear of success. What if he's good at something? And then what if his family now expects him to keep on being good at it? And suddenly he has to outpace the legacy of his grandfather, wherever this money came from. Like there's a lot of layers underneath why people stagnate. And it's not something that a girlfriend is supposed to unearth. It's something that we have to do for ourselves. He has to do for himself. And a therapist can really, really help with. So a Shaliner named Amber submitted this next question, and I'm actually not going to read it verbatim because, whew, it's a lot. And that will come into play when I give my advice on this topic. But basically, Amber is in Chesapeake for the summer, and, you know, it's like kind of a little town. And there's this one guy who's like cock of the walk, and he's the total fuckboy, got a reputation for it. And guess what? He took an interest in her. And I'm like, you stay away from him stay away from him because she's been messaging me about this guy several times and so I've seen just sort of this slow moving car crash and surprise surprise it's turning out pretty much exactly as I predicted I'm like you can hook up with him but you know that it's gonna go exactly the way it went for the last umpteen girls he hooked up with He's going to get what he wants. He's going to move on. He's going to tell everyone you're crazy for wanting him to make good on all those sweet nothings he whispered in your ear. And then your summer is going to be ruined. Leave him alone. Let him ruin someone else's summer. And then you can sit back with the popcorn and be like, I knew better. I knew better. Well, yeah, she didn't do that. <laughs> she hooked up with him. And yeah, he like basically ghosted her. But then he comes haunting and breadcrumbing and lurking back in here and there. Like when she's out at the bars and she sees him, he's all up in her pieces and then he's Snapchatting her. But then, you know, if she doesn't reply right away, he doesn't reply. Like he ghosts again. And I'm like, well, he's doing that because he's literally just trying to get laid and someone responded quicker, you know, as so and that's how we deal with vendors, right? If I if I need bug extermination in my house I am going to go with 
whatever company calls me back faster. I don't care. I'm paying them for a service. I want them to come over, do the job, and then leave. And that's the dynamic he's applying to females, right? That's the kind of person we're dealing with. Obviously, not someone who is to be prized or chased or thought about more than, you know, I wonder how easy it would be to put a head out on him. That's really the only thought process you need to have around people like this. But she didn't listen and she went back for more. And so the cycle has continued and she's like, okay, I like, I talked to some of my other friends and so like this guy, he's a really good lacrosse player and one of my other friends like dated a, a few lacrosse guys so she's been like telling me how to play it and then some of my other friends were like, yeah, you should totally message him on a Saturday night. I want, there's a reason I'm not reading you this whole thing because it's it's a glimpse into the mania that we all feel when a fuck boy sinks his claws into us, right? And another thing she said in her message was the word anxiety. Probably came up 15 times. I have so much anxiety, 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 anxiety. And I'm like, here's my answer. You have anxiety because you're not listening to yourself. Forget about listening to your friend, listening to me. You're not listening to yourself. And the worst thing we can do, the worst thing we can do as women, it's not lie to our friends. It's not lie to our family. It's not lie to a YouTube dating coach who literally knows everything. It's lying to ourselves. You know what the deal is with this guy. You know what it is. Maybe, maybe you didn't like day one of this saga, but now day like 55 when you have empirical evidence about his behavior because the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior, you do know better. And you are charging forward down a path that you know is a dead end. It's worse than a dead end because a dead end ends. And this isn't going to end. This is just going to keep on going and looping and repeating itself for as long as you let it. Not as long as he lets it, as long as you let it. And that's the shitty part that we have to be our own executioner and cut people off who are, and they're the ones who are being bad to us. But you know what? That's the truth. Like that is the sad, annoying truth. And the anxiety part happens when we're not listening, not only to ourselves, to our intuition, our intuition is like Google Maps. You ever get in the car and you're like, I'm, I'm, I know where I'm going. Even though deep down you're like, I have no idea where I'm going. I have no idea. But you're, for some reason you're like, I'm just not putting on the maps. I don't want to do it. It interrupts my music. I can't follow it. It doesn't update fast. I'm not, I'm not doing it. So all right, cool. You drive down random roads. You get lost and you get what? Anxious more and more and more because you're not listening to your psyche. You're not listening to what your body and your mind and even honestly your heart already is telling you. So of course that anxiety is going to keep going because you feel powerless and that's the root of anxiety. I have no power. I have no control. That's not how romance should feel. I mean, that's not how any dynamic should feel. You shouldn't know, like not know where you stand with any relationship in your life. You know where you stand with your employer, right? Or with your school. I know I'm a student. I know this is my schedule. I know that I work here. I know this is my shift. I know that she is my friend. I know that she is my sister. You have a clear cut view of your standing with people. And for some reason, when it comes to guys, we're like, no, it's fine. This is how it's supposed to go. No, it's not. It isn't like I have I have had healthy relationships. And once you have one really good one, you're like, oh, God, ah, I've been dumb. 
you know, you see, it's like you can read the matrix and you're like, oh, no, when it's right, it's easy. You never have to ask. You never have to question, well, what's he thinking? He's making it known. He's setting the dates. He's keeping it up. He's following through. He's coming correct, not just coming. You know what I mean? And so her message, there was also the big red flag. Uh, you know, I recounted some of it like, my friend is the cross player. My friends were this. Blah, blah. I wrote her back and I was like, you know, all I heard in this message, which, like I said, is a glimpse into the hysteria that a guy foists upon you. All I heard were excuses. All I heard were loopholes that you were trying to set up so that you could go and do this destructive thing. And wow, do I identify with that. I have spent, and if I'm being honest, still spend. Like when I get in a loop about something, of course, of course. Look at what we do with eating. It's like, well, you know what? My period's coming, so I'm allowed to eat the, like eat this whole sleeve of Oreos. Like, okay, just, you don't need an excuse. Just, if you're going to do a bad thing, just fucking do the bad thing, you know, right? Like, don't waste everyone's time coming up with this flimsy, ridiculous, backward excuse fiesta. Just go do the bad thing. And that is... I'm like, that to me tells me that you don't want out of this toxic situation. You know, some part of you is getting some payout and you just want to kind of keep on doing it. But you can't because like I said, it's not fun. You can drive around without Google Maps on and get completely lost. And all you're going to do is waste your time. No one else's time. You're going to waste your own. You're going to waste your energy, your frustration. You're going to ruin the situation. And why? Turn on the maps, turn on the internal maps, turn on the intuition, listen to it, follow it, and get out of this maze. Let this douchebag ruin someone else's summer. So Annie sent in this last question, and I really think we can all benefit from it. She said, so I hooked up with a guy that I just met at a friend's party. My attitude at the party was very carefree and nonchalant. I told everyone that I didn't believe in marriage and I preferred free love. And mm, that's not exactly true. No one agreed with me also. So I felt like the odd man out and I just sort of like kept reinforcing my position. But how can I telegraph to my hookup guy that I actually do love dating and I do love monogamy and I'm not just like a cool girl after all? So... I really like it when you guys send me your questions and I always encourage you to be brief because I think the way you choose to sum up a dynamic is really significant and it tells me I get a lot of data just simply by the words you choose you know and I think it's so significant that she thought describing someone opposite who okay that she uses the term cool to describe a girl who is all about free love and non-monogamy. This is the patriarchy at work. This is oppression coming through in a simple vocabulary word. Because look, get it out of our head that cool equals down to fuck with no strings attached 24 seven. It absolutely doesn't. I used to labor under that delusion for literally a decade and I'm not kidding you, it ruined my love life. Like I would go on and on and say stuff like that too like on first dates or whatever. And I, every guy got the same look on his face. At this point, I wish we were doing videos so you could see it. But he would kind of like rub his chin in this sort of like mischievous supervillain way and his eyes would kind of narrow. And like the wheels would be turning in his mind because you know what he was thinking? <laughs> Man, I can use this girl. 
this is a girl who's DTF, no strings attached. I can treat her however I want because, hey, apparently she's cool with it because, hey, she thinks marriage needs to be like updated for the modern times. And so guess what guys did? They treated me exactly like that. I was disposable. And then I couldn't understand why they didn't see that like, hey, I was actually really low key and I really did like to couple up and I was like down to like bake and hang out and like just do domestic stuff on the weekends because I wasn't projecting that. I was wrapped up in this concept, like the Samantha Jones concept, the Sex and the City concept, where it's like, if you're if you're going to be a cool, big city, independent boss bitch, you better be DTF. Because surely being cool and independent cannot possibly walk hand in hand with wanting a stable relationship, with wanting the doors open for you, the check paid, the plans made, the bed turned down. Couldn't possibly. Well, where did that get me? And where is it getting Annie? So a cool girl actually is someone who knows herself. She knows her boundaries. She knows her standards. And manipulative fuckboys will not like this. So they're going to try to gaslight you into thinking you have to be cool and DTF and chill in order to be worthy of their time. And ironically, the opposite is true, at least for quality guys. Like a quality guy doesn't look at a girl who's like, I'm DTF. I'm at a bar and I'm playing beer pong and I'll suck everyone's D. He's not going to look at her and be like, that's the girl I want to take home to mom. He's going to like that you have standards. He's going to like that you want to go slow, that you expect certain behaviors because he knows he's man enough to meet them. You know, he's going to like that challenge because that's going to mean that you are quality too, just like he is. But in this particular case, I kind of had a hitter with some hard truth that like, honestly, I don't know that there's a coming back from this situation, this particular situation. For me and my life, I've never been able to do it. I've never been able to switch gears. Like, yes, first impressions aren't always like everything. But I mean, if we kind of spent hours hammering home the point that we're just like the cool chick who doesn't believe in monogamy, eh, it's not great. But so she lost this guy. I mean, honestly, who cares? She doesn't know him at all. She just met him. And so therefore, it's probably more of the possibilities than the actual person that she's holding on to. And maybe, maybe she's fixated on it in particular because she knows she was saying things that were contrary to who she actually is, you know? That's why a lot of us get stuck on people who really, like if we look at them objectively, are not special and or even like well-known to us because we're doing things that aren't authentic, you know, and they're sort of emblematic of that. But if we just tap into our authenticity, we can untangle the mania surrounding this person because they're just a symptom. They're just a vehicle. You know, they just represent something. So instead of focusing on how to get him back, she should focus on making promises to herself about being more authentic about who she is. And guys have conditioned us, and yes, Sex in the City has too, that a woke independent woman has to be, you know, like I said, no strings attached. And that's fine for some of us, some of the time, but honestly, not for very long. I can separate love and sex probably better than anyone I know, honestly. And I, that used to be the greatest feather in my cap. People would call me the Samantha, like, oh, Shallon doesn't need a man. Shallon doesn't get attached. And so when I did get attached, I was in denial about it for so long that I started acting completely crazy. And I also was just never in situations that were fulfilling to me, you know, because I wasn't being authentic. There's nothing wrong with being like, no, I want a boyfriend. I expect a date. I don't want to go bone right away. No, it's not old fashioned. It's not prudish. That is oppression. That is fuckboy. That is the patriarchy. And we start to take back our power. 
you know, globally with all these laws and the restrictions and the equal pay, we that starts on a grassroots level in these kind of dynamics. It starts at home on the micro because we got to feel empowered and whole as a person. And then we move to the next step and then we move to the next step and the next and then global and then it's domination. And we put boys in like some sort of giant boat and we sail it out to sea and we never have to deal with them again. Doesn't that sound nice? Only the hot, sweet ones left behind. So don't shy away from something and think that it makes you weak. Whoever you are is great, but you're never going to meet the person that is right for who you are if you aren't projecting that authentic version. The only thing that makes us weak is denying who we are and denying what we truly want. That's all for this week, Shaloners. Thanks for tuning in. And like I said, if you have a love question of your own that you need some help on, find me on the Instant Go app and click chat to get connected right away. Also, find me on YouTube, Shallon Lester. Click like and subscribe for new videos every Friday and a bunch in between. And be sure to follow me on Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter at ShallonXO. Stay savage. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.